ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. That quick delivery cut magnificently by Lanning for a boundary to bring up a half century of only 28 deliveries. Just magnificent on the square cut, Meg Lanning. She's 50. Ah, how nice is it to have Meg Lanning playing cricket again? The WBBL season is underway and today we'll tell you the players you need to watch from both home and abroad, why there's controversy around the Scorchers' newest signing and who are the favourites to win the title. Trade period is wrapped up in the AFL as well, so who are the winners, losers and big surprises? Plus, Eddie Jones' biggest regret over the last couple of months. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily. Michelle Gosgo is a former test cricketer for Australia and he's calling the WBBL action for ABC Sport. Michelle, cricket fans are getting a treat this WBBL season and that treat is in the form of Meg Lanning back and it appears she hasn't missed a beat. How good is it to have Lanning back out in the middle? Oh, it's absolutely superb. I saw her play last night and she it's like she's never left. If anything, she's come back a very uh, accomplished player, even more than what she was. Cheadle into Lanning. This is short and pulled away. High in the air, under the hill for six. It's fantastic to see her back. She led the way last night for the Melbourne Stars to get a bit of a smoky win over the sixes. So it is fantastic for Australian cricket. She's such a good leader and under pressure, she eats it for breakfast. I want to talk Perth Scorchers because there's a little bit of controversy here. And full disclosure, I'm a Scorchers girl. I'm from Perth. <laughs> but they brought in Nat Siverbrunt. The other team's none too pleased with this sort of late development. Why is there controversy around this? Well, there's controversy because Nat Siverbrunt hadn't actually nominated herself for the draft. Uh, I think she cited that she needed a rest from cricket, which is understandable. Danny Wyatt's done the same thing. However, Perth Scorchers have put in to get Nat Siverbrunt and she wasn't in the draft. Now, I was just reading something uh, Elise Perry had written and she'd said that that means that Nat Siverbrunt is there for next year as well. So they have retention rights over Nat Siverbrunt. That is back-to-back hundreds for Nat Siverbrunt against the world champion side in Australia. She is one of the premier batters in world cricket. They lost Marazan Cap, the Perth Scorchers, and then they found a very handy replacement in Nat Siverbrunt. So... There's no rules that have been broken by the Scorchers. It's all above board. But on the morality sort of line, it it is very tough to take for the other teams because I'm sure that maybe even the Sydney Thunder who had the first pick in the draft, they picked Marazan Cap, maybe they might have gone for Nat Siverbrunt. So there's the controversy there because they've just had a like-for-like player and they've been able to replace uh, Marazan Cap with Nat Siverbrunt. So you touch on a couple of the internationals there. There's quite a few that have come across. Who for you is the must-watch player that's come from overseas in this tournament? Yeah, I think uh, Marazan Cap myself because she is such a complete player. She can bat in the top four, opens the bowling, is so good at the death. And her 100th wicket in the WBBL is the captain of the Sydney Thunder. Marazan Cap, I mentioned it, she's getting better and better in this competition. So there is that little bit of controversy about how she's going to go, um, whether she fits into their system. But I think Lisa Kitely has come on board as coach of the Sydney Thunder this year and um, they're my smoky for the season because they just for the fact that they've got Marazan Cap. We've talked about the internationals that have come across, but I want to talk about the Aussies. Who is the up-and-comer that will emerge from this tournament? Who are we keeping an eye on? 
Well, am I allowed to mention three, Poppy? Because uh, <laughs> it's too hard just to pick one. I'll uh, allow it. Go, I'll allow it. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for a couple of youngsters and one uh, more established player. So I picked Annabelle Sutherland um, to be my standout player for this season, and she certainly delivered last night for the Stars. Here comes Sutherland, bowling to Maitland Brown. She's in. Brown goes the top oh. to Long On. She's going to be out. She is out. Probably the form bowler for the Australian team in the last 12 months. Bowled exceptionally well in that bilateral series against the West Indies and also combat. So uh, she she is a really good emerging world-class player and the Stars have her. So with a very young side, she certainly stood up uh, so far in that season's opener. And another one I've got is Phoebe Litchfield. She's had also a breakout season last year for the Thunder and a really disappointing season for them. And she stood up, but she's now crept away into that Australian side. Uh, and I expect her to perform for the Thunder this year. Raises in, it's driven beautifully by Litchfield. Wide of the fielder, out point, and that rockets to the rope. She loves pressure as well. She's a country kid, and she's only got little shoulders. But last year, she was certainly carrying the Thunder. <laughs> Um, but this year, she doesn't have to do as much of that. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing her with a little bit more freedom this season. And I'm going to go for a more established player in someone like Elise Perry. I think in the last 12 months, the way that she has evolved her T20 game with her batting has been exceptional. And she got dropped from that T20 side, didn't play uh, certainly at the Commonwealth Games and forced her way back in just with the weight of runs that she's been able to produce. Perry on strike, slip in place, a lane to finish the over outside the off stump. Cutting is Perry. And that is slashed away through point for four. Right out of the screws from Elise Perry. And she even uh, hit about, I think it was 130 strike rate or 140. And that, and that is a big evolution for Elise Perry. Missed out, obviously, playing in that first match due to suspension. Watch this space. So there's been a little bit of chat between the players and Elise Perry, one of them, around the length of this season. The men's season has been made shorter. Does the women's tournament need to follow suit? I think they will eventually, um, obviously not for this season. The men have done that, but there's many more competitions that they can play in around the world. Um, and the women's team, the Australian women's team, is starting to play more games and there's more options. So you can go and play in India, you can go and play in the Caribbean Premier League and then you've got New Zealand, you've got the 100 in England. So there are multiple competitions around the world. But then you've also on the flip side got these players who aren't in that side who this is their big opportunity, these six weeks that they have and they try and force their way into the Australian side. So I think, or maybe in 12 months to 24 months, that will change. But at the moment, um, I think it's it's a good balance at the moment. But yeah, I think in the future, it probably will come down to sort of where the men, men are. Before I let you go, I want you to put your Gostradamus hat on. Who is going to take home a WBBL title in 2023? Well, uh, look, I'm a Liberan, so I'm allowed to have two. I'm balanced <laughs> on either side. And as I said to Brett Sprigg, I think the Sydney Thunder will will go well this year. Um, and I'd, I'd also pick the Sydney Sixers. Um, on paper, their, their side is fantastic. They've just got to try and string it together. But also, you've got, have a look at the whole league. Every single team is very strong. So you've got the strikers who won last year, minimal changes to their lineup. The scorchers are always there or thereabouts. So, boy, I'll tell you what, if, we're, if the season is going off what we had last night with the last ball thriller, we're certainly in for a treat. So I'll go with the two Sydney sides for now, but uh, I'll have the scorchers as my little smoky. Well, I'm perfectly happy with that. Michelle Gosgo, thank <laughs> you so much for your time. Enjoy the WBBL season. Oh, thank you very much. I certainly will.
Drew Jones is a journalist with Fox Sports and so has been keeping a very close eye on trade period. Drew, this felt like a less eventful trade period than maybe years gone by. Are you still exhausted and relieved that it's over though? Poppy, absolutely. Um, <laughs> while there weren't as many big names, there was still a lot going on and it felt like the, the media coverage and the saturation of, of trade week was almost bigger than ever. But we just lacked that big fish, didn't we? We didn't have the Jeremy Cameron or the, the Patrick Dangerfield, the Tom Lynch changing teams. So if we didn't have a big, big mover, who was our big, big winner? I think it's Essendon. And I'm hesitant to give Adrian Dodoro too much credit as he <laughs> uh, he exits his role at Essendon because he is often the villain uh, of Trade Week when you actually talk to clubs about what he's like to deal with. But I think, I know that they didn't get him through a trade, but potentially they, they may have had to if they couldn't have worked out the right offer to give Ben Mackay. But to get him from North Melbourne, he's in the absolute prime of his career He's seen all the bad stuff that footy has to offer Ben Mackay. I think going to Essendon and having a really strong back six around him is going to help him really blossom as a key defender. With a huge talk and an excellent mark by Mackay. He is destroying them in the air and he has been amazing. They don't just come around that often, uh, a 26-year-old ready to go um, as a potential sort of all-Australian calibre defender. So Essendon have done really well there and Brad Scott in getting Ben Mackay to the club as a free agent and satisfying um, North Melbourne with the compo pick that they ended up getting. And then they lose Brandon Zerk-Thatcher, which they always kind of knew was going to happen. But, uh, you know, massive upgrade Mackay on Zerk-Thatcher, who, if you look at the advanced stats, tends to lose quite a lot of one-on-ones, whereas Ben Mackay doesn't. And then Xavier Dersma is a sneaky good pickup for me. So um, absolutely loved him as an 18, 19-year-old when he first got to Port Adelaide. A lot of exuberance, attacking flair on the wing and a hard runner. Here's the archer, Xavier Dersma. Hop, skip. And from the top of the goal square, puts it through the bow and arrow. Just fallen out of favour with Ken Hinckley in recent times. I think coming back home to Victoria, change of scenery. Um, Brad Scott's more of an arm around support kind of coach, whereas Ken Hinckley can be a bit combative at times. So... I think he's going to flourish at Essendon. So I think they've come out of this pretty well. The Bombers, I know D'Ambrosio headed to Hawthorne really late in the trade period there, but he was on the outer at the Bombers anyway. So I think Essendon for finals next year, I'm calling it early. (laughs) Drew, if there is a winner, there is inevitably a loser. Who lost out this trade period? Yeah, really interesting, isn't it? That The longer that I think about it, the more I think that West Coast could be potentially a loser in this period. It's been a blood's bath. Sydney's biggest ever win, West Coast's greatest ever loss. And the reason for that is because the opportunity to get, say, a 22-year-old, 23-year-old player into your football club when you're trying to rebuild, that can't be underestimated. So Devin Robertson ended up re-signing at Brisbane. The Eagles didn't do enough to woo him to come home. He's got leadership qualities, strong inside midfield, exactly what the Eagles need in the age range that they need. And then I think they missed a trick in not chasing someone like a Denver Granger Barras, another West Australian, not guaranteed of a game at Hawthorne, can play key back and has been trialled as a key forward. The Eagles desperately need someone to replace Shannon Hearn and Granger Barras could have been that man. I don't think they were active enough, Poppy, in, in trying to get in some young talent to their footy club outside of the draft. They may well get Harley Reid and he may well end up being a superstar, but that's just one player. I think they needed to do a little bit more. So for me, West Coast and just behind them, Melbourne, not because of what did or didn't happen in the trade period, but just because of the negative headlines around Joel Smith and Clayton Oliver. So there's always big surprises when it comes to this time of year. Who to you was that big surprise in trade period? 
Well, it's Collingwood, Poppy, and the reason for that is they lose Jack Ginnivan three weeks after their cult hero becomes a premiership player, and then they gain Lockie Schultz from Fremantle, who I think is severely underrated purely because people over on the East Coast don't watch a whole lot of Fremantle football, but Lockie Schultz is a gun. Kicks on goal from 45 out. Schultz has got five. You know, he could be in the All-Australian squad of 44 next year. That's the kind of calibre talent that Collingwood are getting through the door. They get in for a first round, a future first round draft pick, which next year, let's face it, it's going to be, you know, between 16 and 18, probably. Schultz could kick 40 goals next year and he's going into a team that just won the premiership. So that's a huge upgrade for Collingwood on Ginnivan. As much as I love Jack Ginnivan and I'm the biggest apologist for him and um, the way that he plays. So by, I guess, association, Hawthorne is also a surprise because they land Jack Ginnivan uh, on a four-year contract, and I think it's a really great get for them as well. I just remember going to all those grand finals, four in a row, but, yeah, ultimately just so excited to be here finally, and it's, um, yeah, a dream come true. So a win-win for Gidevin and then Collingwood upgrade with Lockie Schultz, so that was probably the biggest surprise for me. There's always a few things to unfold in trade period. Thanks so much for unpacking our winners and losers. Drew Jones, thanks for your time. Thanks, Poppy. Soundbites and Wallabies coach Eddie Jones spoke this week about the media storm surrounding his possible move to Japan rugby. Between selecting a team that didn't make it out of the pool stages of the World Cup and the whole potentially leaving the Wallabies thing, he only had one regret. Probably need to give myself enough a cut, don't I? <laughs> Probably wasn't uh, the wisest thing to say, but sometimes you say things... Uh, in the heat of the moment that you regret, mate. Interesting choice, Eddie. This week saw one of the biggest upsets in the one-day World Cup history with the Netherlands beating South Africa and they've once again busted out the old classic orange and blue. Pud Road always did feel like the Amsterdam of Australia. And the Las Vegas Aces were also feeling the good vibes after going back-to-back in the WNBA, claiming the title for 2023. Australian Opal Kayla George and her Aces teammates were keen on making sure star centre Asia Wilson wasn't left out of the celebrations, storming the press conference boombox and champagne in hand. It's not easy. As you as you know, it's not easy. Not a lot of... <laughs> Get him out, yeah. yeah! We just came. Yeah. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Declan Byrne. Thanks to Fox Sports and the ICC for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.